chapter six of early days of old oregon by katherine barry judson this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six the adventures of lewis and clark thirteen years after captain gray entered the columbia river a party of thirty-two men and one woman nearly all americans were coming up the missouri river on an exploring expedition captain meriwether lewis and captain william clark were the two leaders and nearly all their men were american soldiers all were white except three one of these was a slender little indian woman of eighteen or nineteen with her tiny papoose strapped on her back a second was her husband the guide who was half indian and half french the third was a black black negro up the missouri river in eighteen o five came this party in the bright spring sunshine the wide plains on each side were green with grass and black with buffaloes wild flowers were blooming birds singing the sky was blue overhead and the green trees bordering the river waved their long branches in the fresh prairie breeze sometimes it is true the weather was stormy and rainy yet much of the time it was beautiful one thing these men were to do was to cross and explore as they crossed the new louisiana purchase a vast stretch of country westward from the mississippi river to the rocky mountains its northern border was then undecided another thing was to cross the mountains and valleys and go through the oregon country to the pacific ocean oregon in those days was that unknown stretch of mountains and valleys beyond the rocky mountains and north of california it extended as far north as russian america which is now alaska so it was a thousand miles wide east and west along its southern border it was not so wide at the north because the rocky mountains trend northwestward and the oregon boundary followed the mountains along the sea-coast it was about eight hundred miles long no one had explored oregon at all except a few british fur traders in the north in the southern part captain gray had discovered the mouth of the columbia river up and down the coast british and american fur trading ships like captain Mears and gray's and kendrick's had sailed and they had found that nootka sound was on an island but that was about all that anybody knew about it at that time so lewis and clark were to explore the southern part of old oregon along the columbia river day after day that pleasant spring of eighteen o five they followed the windings of the muddy missouri sometimes at night they camped upon an island in midstream feeling safer there from the indians sometimes they camped on shore there were many dangers from drowning from indians and from other causes but they had on the missouri river abundance of food herds of deer as well as black throngs of buffaloes grazed on the broad grassy plains around them wild geese and ducks floated on the river or whirred over it when frightened as the river narrowed in what is now montana they watched for a great waterfall because the indians told them this fall was on the true missouri and they were afraid of getting into some branch of the river walking along the bank one morning captain clark heard a distant roar like thunder then he saw a cloud of mist blow over the plains hurrying happily to it he found that it was indeed the roar of falling waters and misty spray driven by a june breeze very much excited he sat down on a rock nearby and waited for the boats with his men and captain lewis to come up 
he named the place the great falls of the missouri and the city which stands near there to-day is named great falls but now the troubles of the explorers began the june sunshine was glorious with fresh breezes from the mountains the grass was green and the wild flowers beautiful buffaloes were plentiful around them also so that there was no lack of food yet their troubles for the next twenty miles were endless first on account of the falls which thundered down the river in cascades and in falls for nearly eighteen miles they had to go overland boats indian trading goods their written reports their surveying instruments everything had to be carried for twenty miles to smooth water they needed a rough wagon but a wagon must have wheels after whole days of search they found the only tree within twenty miles of them that was large enough they were in a treeless country they cut down that tree sawed off round pieces bored a hole in the centre of these slabs and behold there were the wheels but such clumsy wheels then cross pieces held the whole together and the canoes were loaded on the men harnessed themselves to drag it all can you imagine the hardships up hills they went and down ravines and across gullies the soft wood of the cross pieces and the whiffle tree broke constantly worse than that the ground was covered with prickly pear cactus and the hooked thorns cut through their moccasins their shoes had long since been worn out besides all this the ground was the kind known as gumbo it was soft and sticky during rains buffaloes had tramped over it while it was wet and soft and had cut up the earth with their sharp hoofs into sharp fine points in the sunshine this ground dried as hard as a rock and sharp points cut like pins and needles nor was that all they had a terrific hailstorm in travelling that short distance the hailstones were large enough to knock some of the men down every one was bruised by them yet actually their worst enemy was the grizzly bear grizzlies were always savage but these bears were so used to attacking large animals such as elk and buffalo that they were not in the least afraid of men and they were very strong even after they had been shot again and again when wounded with six or eight bullets they would run after the hunters with blazing eyes open mouth and roaring loudly they would rush after them with great speed and with outspread claws the talons on some of these bears were four and a half inches long again and again the hunters of the expedition escaped only with their lives jumping down high bluffs with the bear tumbling heavily after them those twenty miles of cacti gumbo soil hailstorms grizzly bears blazing hot sunshine steep hills and ravines and their heavy clumsy homemade wagon with its round wooden wheels fairly wore the men out two weeks they spent in this way but after that trying two weeks the explorers put their canoes into the water again and paddled up the river at last the water became so shallow and there were so many rapids they hid the canoes and started off on foot they also cached all the indian goods and the powder and lead which they could not take with them a cache as the word was used in those old days was a hiding-place dug carefully in the earth the hole was lined with small branches of trees and underbrush to keep the goods from the dampness sometimes lined also with buffalo robes 
then the goods were put in covered with other robes other branches and earth thrown over the top everything was done as carefully as possible so as not to show that a cache had been made day after day they followed the little stream for the missouri river was only a creek now one morning sacajawea the bird woman pointed out the place where she had been taken prisoner by the blackfeet about six years before now with the americans and with her tiny baby on her back she was returning to her girlhood home the explorers were going directly toward the three forks of the missouri a point where three streams meeting formed the upper waters of the missouri they were on dangerous ground because this was a country famous for its hunting it was also a famous battleground from the north came the terrible blackfeet from the south the shoshones or snakes the tribe of sacagawea from the east the crows famous for their expert thievery and their long hair from the west the flatheads always friendly to the white men and the nez perces the nez perces came over the mountains of the bitter root and through the valleys of the rocky mountains on hunting expeditions lewis and clark now wanted to meet friendly indians they needed to know how to cross the stony mountains which loomed up before them they needed also to buy horses they did everything to show friendliness in case indians should be watching them unknown the fact that they had a woman and her baby with them showed that they were not a war party so the bird woman was near the leaders of the party at last captain lewis trudging along with two men saw on a hilltop an indian warrior some women and a dog taking his blanket from his back he threw it over his head and brought it unfolded to the ground the action meant spreading a seat for a guest on the ground it was a sign of friendship the indian advanced and so did lewis until they were within three hundred feet of each other then the redskin became frightened turned his horse and fled still captain lewis followed the trail that day and the next captain clark had taken another trail and sacagawea was with him lewis met another indian and in about the same way he also fled as lewis and his two men plodded on they suddenly encountered three indian women who had been left behind by the fleeing warrior one of these a young girl ran away the other two bent their heads expecting to be killed lewis rolled up his sleeves to show his white skin he kept repeating also the shoshone word for white man he gave some beads to the women and made them call back the young woman who had run away he painted the faces of all three with red paint and then down on them with hot haste came an indian war party of sixty warriors the warriors were ready to fight but when the women laughed and showed their presence and their newly painted faces they at once became friendly captain lewis made some presents to the chiefs and leading men and went on with them to their camp a few days later lewis and his men joined by these indians returned to meet captain clark and the rest of the american party the leading chief wished to talk with lewis and clark but they had to have an interpreter they sent for sacagawea when she came she suddenly recognized that chief as her own brother after this the indians were very friendly indeed they sold horses gave the explorers food which they really needed themselves and showed them how to cross the mountains and which was the best trail 
soon therefore after meeting with these friendly shoshones the explorers started over the trail to the westward we call these mountains now the rocky mountains but lewis and clark called them as did the traders and trappers and hunters for years afterwards the stony mountains the rock mountains the snowy mountains and also the shining mountains because when the sun shone on the snowy ridges they gleamed brightly all along the route the indians had been friendly this was because this party had been friendly to them had given them presents been kind to them and had taken advantage of them in no way so also the flathead indians who lived in the flathead valley and on the slopes of the bitterroot mountains and in the bitterroot valley were friendly the flatheads sold the americans food showed them the best trail over the bitterroot mountains and were kind to them the bitterroot mountains were so called because of the bitter little root with pink flowers which grew all over those mountains the explorers called them savage mountains because they had such a fearful time crossing them on the trail or off it the mountain sides were very steep they were densely forested and even the trail was constantly blocked by fallen trees lying one upon another the streams ran in deep gorges thundering and foaming far beneath them and there were no bridges the mountain torrents racing down the mountain sides in spring and summer were lower now and some of them dried up they could not always find fresh water in climbing up and down the steep mountain sides horses fell down with their loads sometimes lost their footing and toppled over down the mountain side or into a gorge winding among the rocky knobs on the higher levels they lost their trail it was now september and the snow in the mountains was a foot and a half deep there was no game and the dried buffalo meat brought with them was almost gone weary and worn and nearly starved with some horses left behind them dying with starvation and too weak to travel farther the explorers at last reached the other side of the mountains and the lower levels here they saw three indian boys at play for it was summer in that country though winter on the heights above they offered ribbons to the boys if they would go to the village and tell their tribe that white men were starving and needed their help in this way the americans met the friendly nez perces in this way they secured help and food and fresh horses to carry their baggage in payment for the horses they gave the indians scarlet leggings handkerchiefs tobacco knives and other things they gave a chief a laced red coat in the evenings among these friendly red people they took out their fiddles and played and danced while the indians laughed just as all the indians on the plains and on the missouri river had laughed when the white men fiddled to them then they journeyed on they traveled down the Clearwater to the Snake River, and then on to the Columbia. When they understood that they at last had reached that river of the west which flowed into the bitter waters, they began to build canoes. Travel by water is much quicker and easier than by land in a new country. When ready to go down by boat, they gave their horses to the care of a friendly chief and paddled away. The Columbia itself was smooth enough, yet the voyage had its hardships at salilo falls again at the dales and again at the cascade rapids they had to carry their boats and all their baggage and the tribes here were not so friendly as the shoshones and flatheads and nez Perces had been they were more degraded living idle lives depending on fish and on the trading which passed through their hands 
the indians above traded buffalo meat dried or jerked and pemmican with the indians of the lower river for dried fish thus the horse indians traded with the canoe indians and the two classes were very different there is much more about them in other chapters but these indians at the portages were robber indians stealing from every boatload and demanding toll from every person who passed up or down the columbia from the time they set their canoes afloat upon the columbia the explorers visited every indian village they saw crossing the river constantly making presents at each place and telling the indians they were friends so they travelled on through october from the cascades down to the willamette there was only the broad smooth river dotted here and there on its banks with villages and the river was glorious in the sunlight the sun shining on the high hills forest covered on each side snowy peaks gleamed here and there but on the lower river the winter rains had begun for it was november on they went rain or shine until one day they saw the breakers dashing furiously over the bar at the mouth of the columbia and heard the thunder of the crashing white waters they had reached the end of their journey beyond lay the pacific ocean but it was november it rained and rained and rained all day and all night the cold rain came down while high winds blew high waves upon the mighty river and penned the men up for three or four days at a time upon some narrow point of land at point elise they had to encamp on a narrow shelf above them rose sheer rocks which they could not climb but the rain loosened rocks could and did fall down upon them they could not escape by following the bank of the river for rocks rose sheer out of the water on either side of them the waves were too high to venture into the river with their small canoes their indian goods and baggage they had placed above the tide but the rain soaked them through and ruined part of them their canoes were fastened almost at their feet but the high waves and the tides carried great driftwood logs among the boats so that the men had constantly to push away the logs that the canoes might not be crushed such an accident would have been fatal and there lewis and clark and their men stayed for days without a tent or even an umbrella in that cold cheerless rain dressed only in leather the chilling winds and rain almost froze them at last one day there came a break in the storm and in quieter waters they packed their baggage into their canoes and paddled away crossing to the south side of the river they at last decided to build their winter fort on what is now lewis and clark river a stream flowing into the columbia there they built seven log cabins afterwards protected by a high spiked log wall a palisade to keep out indian thieves or indian enemies though many elk were in the forests around them the explorers were half starved that winter the hunters killed game but before they could get it through the tangled forest to the fort it would spoil the winters there are not cold only the chill of the rain and winds is hard for people living in the open air as these men did they could not explore in the constant rain and fog so they had to wait for the spring to come exploring of course was their only reason for being in the oregon country at all they were ordered to find out everything they could about it by this time their supply of salt had given out 
down on the ocean near what is now the village of seaside they made salt by boiling down salt sea water in the spring they had to return to the united states their trading goods were almost gone and they were not certain whether they had enough to buy the friendship of the tribes as they returned but there was no time for exploring the oregon country or going up and down the coast even on land it was a long homeward trail up the columbia river in their canoes back to the friendly chief who had taken good care of their horses paying everywhere for fish and game and roots with their beads and paint and knives and ribbons and blankets and here and there a scarlet laced coat on they went over those savage bitter-root mountains again then over the rockies down the missouri river through the great plains the homeward trail was very long indeed but all the way back the indians were friendly and kindly and helpful because the explorers had been so to them on their way out indians have a keen sense of justice and the white men are to blame for many of our indian troubles because of that long journey the united states was able to claim by reason of exploration the country through which the explorers had traveled gray had discovered the mouth of the columbia river thirteen years before now lewis and clark had discovered and journeyed down part of the upper river but not all of it and therefore part of the columbia is in british columbia because the british discovered and explored the sources of it of all the people on that long voyage which one do you think was the most interesting to the indians york the negro was he was very strong and he was so very black they used to rub their hands over his face and his arms to see if he was painted black his flat nose and his woolly kinky hair were a great puzzle to them in after years these indians told their children about this very black man who had come with the white men into the land of the red men to many people sacagawea the bird woman is most interesting she was a brave patient little woman starting off on that long journey with her precious baby on her back but her keen eyes ever alert to help the kindly white men she was a better guide than her husband who was really the guide of the party she could interpret where others could not indians who feared the white men with their strange beards and clothing and their guns shooting lightning and making thunder lost their fear when they saw this slender little woman among them she made dozens of pairs of moccasins for the explorers when they were hungry and starving she starved too she walked just as far and over as many prickly pears and as many rocks as they did at one time on the missouri river when her clumsy husband upset the canoe in which the papers and reports were together with the instruments for measuring the mountains she came to the rescue she held her baby firmly in one hand and reached out with the other and steadied the canoe and picked the papers off the water as they floated by without these papers and the steadying of the canoe which saved the measuring instruments the explorers could not have gone farther they would have had to return so the brave little bird woman saved the expedition fur traders followed the explorers the very year after missionaries and settlers followed the fur traders and trappers and so within forty years there were many americans living in the oregon country along the columbia river and down the willamette river that meant the settlement of the whole country and the great cities which are now planted there where the Indians pitched their teepees. End of chapter 6